Hello, it's Vanilla Fielding saying hello to you and this is Simon McKay and welcome from both of us to our Christmas show. This is our fifth Christmas show. Is it? Well we started in 2011 with our gospel show. Good Lord. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that was our first ever and we'll play a track from that in a moment but this show it's a mixture of Christmas and looking back over 2015. But here we are with one of those gospel tracks. The Melody Kings, Lo, I Am With You. They're good. They're very good. Looking back over 2015, the year began rather well. We were at a New Year party in Andrew Logan's Glass House, very oh. near the Shard. Oh, yeah. The Shard came later, of course. Yeah. He's now left that building. Can you tell me anything what you remember about the Glass House, about it opening? I know that it wasn't a house that he took over. It was a space. There was a garage there and I suppose all the things that made it a garage were taken away and they just built it from scratch. Do you mean like a petrol garage? That's right. Wow. <laughs> yes, where cars yes. pull up yes. and fill up their tanks. Yes. yes, it was that. Oh, amazing. And it was Michael, yes, his, his partner, partner who really kind of, well, he put it on the road. It was wonderful. Mm. And what I remember is exceptional about it. As you'd imagine, lots of glass, lots of daylight. But what was incredible, the downstairs hallway, you walk into there, and there's a huge tree, and it must be 
30 feet high. It went right to the ceiling. Yes, wonderful that. Incredible. Yes. And then where they where their bedrooms were was upstairs sort of tucked away and almost like the main auditorium area where they'd have the exhibitions and yeah. parties That's was right. somewhere else but this the the bedrooms are almost like a me me mezzanine floor yes. overlooking That's incredible it. mezzanine yes well i'm sure it'll be flattened and made into offices and and flats and i think that's for the best because without andrew and his artwork in there it's never going to look right. No, you're right. Yeah. But what was interesting is somebody is making a film about the glass house. Oh, really? Yes. And actually, you say, oh, really, as though you've never heard of it. You have been interviewed for it by Marcus. Do you remember you went over there once to be interviewed? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. I'd forgotten about yeah. that. Well, you and I, we had a, a, a little Christmas cup of tea with Andrew Logan on Saturday. And I asked him a little bit about this film to do with the glass house. I've just seen a sizzler, which is um, kind of, I think it's where you, you raise money to make the film. And it seemed to comprise of interviews and a lot of archive work, but it was very beautifully cut, edited. And um, so Mark, it's Marcus Campbell Sinclair, isn't it? So he's, he's really got most of the footage. I think he'd like a bit more archive. And it's really, he says he wants to cover the other part of my life, because the British Guide to Showing Off, of course, was all about alternative world, whereas this film is more about my work and well, my life, really, and the life at the Glass House, and really what it represented. But I'm looking forward to the film. I, I, think, it, I think he'll do a good job. I mean, I think it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he pulls out and what he doesn't. And I mean, I'm going to leave him very much a free hand. I mean, I'll obviously have the last say, but um, and he's a young man, you know. And I think it's interesting. He, he does want to document this this time. Andrew doesn't have a home in London at the moment. He's he's in Wales, where his his museum is, and he's I think they're building a house there as well. It's pretty nice that museum. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're sorting stuff out there. But he's just been back in London for a couple of weeks. He just popped back to take it over. He's got a huge exhibition at the 12 Star Gallery in Europe House and we went to the opening of that oh, a week and a half wonderful. ago. wonderful. He's good. brilliant. Yeah, it was his large work which I hadn't really seen before. It's, it's great. Yeah. Mm. And other than that he's doing jewellery sales in various places. Now I mentioned his party, the New Year party, the last ever party at Andrew Logan's Glass House. And we dance to this song. It's Sly and the Family Stone, Family Affair. Thick 
thicker than the mud. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. Slime the family stone, family fair. Ah. Now with Christmas coming up, we've both been writing a lot of Christmas cards, especially you. Now, that involves a certain amount of looking back over the year. One thing, well, you had to get a new address to send Andrew Logan's card to. But it's also a reminder of people who are no longer with us. And very sad not to be sending a card to Angus McGill this year. Oh, yes. Mm. He's, he's been a wonderful friend yeah. for a very, very long time. Yeah. From, I suppose, the early 60s on. Mm. What, what can you tell me about him? Well, Angus, lovely man, came from South Shields with his partner, Bob, and uh, somehow became the star of the Evening Standard more or less straight away. His was always the page you turned to in the centre and he interviewed everybody he wanted and, and everybody was pleased to meet him and he was very funny and very witty and very loving which is not something that usually goes with those other attributes. Mm. Unusual for a columnist. Absolutely, yes. you've said it. <laughs> yeah, well I had a few conversations with Angus and this is what he told me. Um, that in 1958, he was a junior reporter, yes, living in South Shields, and he'd read reviews of the play you were in at the time, Valmouth. Oh yes. He came to London on holiday and he bought a ticket and he says you won him over in five minutes. You'd never met him at this point. 
But later, when he was living in London and writing for the Evening Standard, as you said, you became friends. And he saw you perform many times. And he describes this, this is his words, the hits and a few not hits. <laughs> <laughs> and he particularly remembered your performance as Mrs. Simpson that was staged in a converted mortuary in Hampstead. Oh yes, I'd forgotten about the mortuary bit. Yes. Yes. It was called what? The New End Theatre. The New End Theatre. Yeah. Yeah. And and the play, A Dangerous Woman. Yeah. And it was in 1998. Yeah. Oh, it was great fun to do. <laughs> now, if I said Jack Spratt... Ah, oh, Jack Spratt. Ah, that does mean something. Tell me about Jack Spratt. Well, we all know he could eat no fat. <laughs> and so Jack Spratt was Angus McGill's take on a restaurant where you could eat to your heart's content without putting on weight. <laughs> and it was brilliantly worked out with his partner, Bob Jennings. And they had a chalked up blackboard that had the exact number of calories of each item on the menu. So you knew what you were going to get. And uh, it was delicious. It was the most lovely place. And it was in the centre of the West End. Mm. Um, and, uh, well, of course, they knew absolutely everybody. Mm. And it was the most thrilling. And the most thrilling people came mm. on a Saturday. Ah. That was, they were like the stars. Yes. And all the wits came on Saturday <laughs> and sat at a particular table. And it was all rather like what one's read about of in New York in the 30s, um, where it was the Algonquin Hotel. Mm. And all the, the wonderful wits in, in New York would come there on a Saturday and be witty. Mm. And so that was what Jack Spratt was mm. like so who on was a there? Saturday. Who, who was there? Was it sort of journalists, stage people? Journalists, actors, some, you know, but mm. it was mainly journalists, yes. I'd say. Yeah. Really is a sad loss. Oh, and big sad yeah. loss. We're hoping there's going to be a memorial next year that we can go to. But in the meantime, you at least able to send a Christmas card to Bob, and that was, that yes. was something nice. Yes. Okay. Um, well, perhaps you could play a record for Angus. I know there was a Music in Humour LP he was mad about that you've got. What was that? Can you remember? It was a lovely thing. Um, it was poems by John Betjeman mm -hmm. and uh, set to music by Jim Parker, who was pretty splendid too. And I remember that this one in particular called Banana Blush. Mm. Lovely. <laughs>
keep me from Thelma's sister Pearl. She puts my senses in a whirl, weakens my knees and keeps me waiting until my heart stops palpitating. The devs may turn disdainful backs on Pearl's uncouth mechanic slacks and outraged see the fire that lies and smoulders in her long-lashed eyes. Have they such weather-freckled features, the smooth, sophisticated creatures? Ah, not to them such limbs belong, such animal movements sure and strong. Such arms to take a man and press in agricultural caress his head to hers and hold him there deep buried in her chestnut hair. God shrive me from this morning lust for supple farm girls. If you must, send the cold daughter of an earl, but spare me Thelma's sister Banana Blush, John Betjeman poems over the music of Jim Parker, yeah. and that's for Angus McGill. Yeah. Christmas can be a great time for get-togethers. My family are mostly in Newcastle, and that's no place to be once winter sets in. No. Forget it. <laughs> but we went, we went to an early Christmas lunch at your brother's house last weekend. Lots of generations of the Feldwins were there. And I spoke to your nephew, Nicky. He says you are always the cool aunt. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. And as he was saying that, I remembered you told me a story about the Rolling Stones film performance. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember seeing it. I mean, it was a big shock mm. at the time. It was amazing. Mm. It was on television. Mm. And I rang Nick and I said, Listen, I don't care how young you are, you've got to see this film. 
And he did. <laughs> I don't think he would have either. <laughs> well, I asked him about it. Yeah, that does ring about. I remember talking to her about performance, yeah. I don't know how, how young I was. I was probably, what, that must have been, what, was it 1970? I think it was 70. So I was uh, 15. 15. Um, so... But uh, yeah, it's one of my favourite ever films, that. Ah. So that was an excellent call on my aunt's cool, part. Cool, cool As ever, her immaculate taste and good uh, tips from my aunt. So Beatles versus Rolling Stones? Um, well, I love both of them. But I think the Beatles, was my Beatles were my first love. Mm -hmm. But I love both of them. Mm. Both amazing. Thank you, Nick Feldman. Nick, Nick's in Wang Chung and... He's still touring now. They had huge hits in America in the 80s. He's still doing shows now. We'll play another track. We're not playing Wang Chung. And we're not going to play the Rolling Stones. But very cheekily, we're going to play an easy listening version of a Rolling Stones song, Paint It Black. Ah. But I have to say, this is quite spectacular. It's well worth it. Oh, darling. What a title.
Johnny Harris painted black from 1970 and I think that was the same year as the film performance by coincidence now every decade throws up its bad boys and sticks them in the limelight so the Rolling Stones in the 60s for example in the 70s the Sex Pistols were in there oh, yeah. and you told me a story about trying to see them on television when they were brand new oh my goodness no what it was we were at uh, Fran and Jay Landersman's in Islington. Is, is that at somebody's house or is that a club? No, it was uh, their house. Their house, yes. And But everybody descended mm. on their house. It was kind of a centre mm. of absolutely everything. And uh, on came the Sex Pistols. And while we were all seeing them for the first time, there was a knock at the door, and in the end, you know, they were bagging away. And somebody opened the door, and in came these terrible boys. And we all turned round to them and said, Shut up! Be quiet! We're trying to watch the Sex Pistols! And of course, you probably guess it was the Sex Pistols. <laughs> that is a good story. And I don't think anybody's heard that story before. Now, that one was always my private story, but now it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to have a track from the Sex Pistols. We're going to have, what's my favourite by them, Holidays in the Sun.
Sex Pistols, Holidays in the Sun. So we had a bit of a holiday. Not a great deal of sun, but then we did go to Newcastle. Ah, yeah, I love it. And we went to stay with my father for a few nights and we had something sorted out. We had you on stage at the Tyneside Cinema, the, the really fantastic independent cinema there. And we did a Q&A on the stage mm -hmm. and it was a full house, which was amazing. Yeah, lovely. And as we walked into the auditorium, people sensed that you were there, and it was just like this ripple of excitement spread through, and everybody, everybody got to their feet, and you got a standing ovation just for being there. Just for being just there. Just being there. <laughs> That's so, tough. Yeah, it was Can't a top that. Tough act to follow, but you did, and you did a great Q and A, and there were these moments of just spontaneous wit where you just came out with stuff that nobody expected, least of all you. And they're, they're the best bits. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what do you remember about the trip to Newcastle? What, what, what comes to mind? Well, I loved Newcastle. Mm. Um, it's a place I've been to once or twice mm. when I've been on tour with some play or other. And uh, it's got everything. Mm. I mean, it's rather gorgeous in itself. Mm. It's a bit cold mm -hmm. in the winter because it's right near the docks, isn't it? It's the North Sea, that's the, the North problem. North Sea, yeah. which I remember from school. Yeah, if they could move that, things would be a whole lot better. <laughs> Absolutely. But still, there, I suppose there's no prospect of that. No. What I found amazing was, we were there in the coldest time of the year. It actually was winter. Mm. And the manager of the theatre mm -hmm. said, I want you to come out of the front of the theatre at the end of the show mm. and I want you to watch people in the street. And I looked and I thought, yes, it is remarkable because there was everybody in the street. It was bitterly cold mm. and all the girls were dressed as if they were indoors with sort of bare arms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bare legs, oh. no tights, oh. and it was bitterly cold, and everybody behaved as if they were in the south of France. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think we'll have a track from Tyneside. It's the last one I'd have got to, but I've noticed it's the first one everybody down here in London thinks of, so I'm going to just go with the majority and play this. It's Lindisfarne, Fog on the Tyne. <laughs> Sitting in a sleazy snack bar, sucking sickly sausage rolls. Slipping down slowly, slipping down sideways, think I'll sign off the door. Cause the fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. The fog on the tine is 
Put a cup of catch a crooked cuff and make a good a cup of comprehend. That a crooked cuff and make is just an undertaker who undertakes to be a friend. And the bug on the tine is all mine, all mine. The bug on the tine is all mine. The bug on the tine is all mine, all mine. The bug on the tine is all mine. Tell the truth tomorrow, to deem it take its time to tell you what tonight might bring. Presently we'll have a pint or two together, everybody do their thing. Together we can have a wee wee, we can have a wet on the wall. If someone slips a whisper that it's sinful sister, slap them down and slap it on their smalls. Cause the fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine. Linda's phone, Fog on the Tine. And actually that recording, for me, is better than the record. That's from the old Grey Whistle Test from, oh, 1971, I think. Goodness. Yes, 1971. So, Newcastle. But this year we also went to Liverpool in October. And you were there for three nights at the Homotopia Festival. You were doing some readings. And on Halloween, that was actually the best bit. You did a fantastic oh, reading. It was my pleasure, that place. Well, yes, indeed. I read two things in particular. Mm. One was a chapter from Frankenstein, mm -hmm. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and the other was a poem by Jerry Potter called An Innocent Et My Mum. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good and you did a great performance of it. And actually, it went so well that the director of Homotopia, Gary, is looking to bring the idea of you reading Jerry Potter poems. Jerry Potter's a Liverpool poet. Bring that show to London and put it on for a few nights later this year. And we're working on that idea now. Oh, wow. So we had a typical 
track from Newcastle, we had Lindisfarne. So I'm thinking of Liverpool. And what do you remember about the Mersey beat? The Mersey beat? Yes. Well, you saw the Beatles play, didn't you? Oh, yes, of course. But I saw them in London. Yes, but they brought a little of the Mersey to London. Oh, and how. <laughs> so what do you remember about that night? Well, I, what I, well, of course, it was the Finsbury Park Empire. Mm. And it was absolutely jam-packed full. Now, I can't remember what absolutely jam-packed full is in numbers at the Finsbury Park, but it's huge. And Ken Tynan asked me to take his little girl there mm. because he knew that I'd be able to get tickets. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing, an mm. amazing night. I mean, the moment they sang, uh, the Beatles, the audience made such noise. I don't know how anybody could hear what the, mm. the Beatles sounded like. Mm. It was amazing that. I asked them afterwards if they minded being drowned out by the applause. And they said, no, they didn't mind a bit. Mm, well, they were lying because they stopped playing live in, oh, in, into the 60s because they said there's no point, nobody can hear us. That's right. Yeah, yes, right, I'm so. glad they said yes, that. Yes, so you were Other witness. Otherwise it would have been unnatural. Yes, indeed. But afterwards I introduced uh, this little girl mm. to Paul. Uh-huh. And... He said, would you like a photograph? And she could hardly speak. <laughs> and she said, oh, yes. <laughs> and her whole being went into ripples. <laughs> it was extraordinary. She was 11. Yes, very susceptible. <laughs> People in Liverpool might have mixed feelings about the big fuss over their music in the 60s because there's been a lot since and they wouldn't want that to be overlooked I'm sure but I'm going to play a track from the 60s a lesser known track from that era and it's just fantastic this is Tommy Quickly Wild Side of Life <laughs>
So from the wild side of life to wild and wood. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking wild about. Wild and wood. Yes. Great coffee. Yes. Coffee shops have loomed large for us in 2015. Very much our favourite places to be. And the absolute best, wild and wood, New Oxford Street. Yeah. We were there in the summer and we just interviewed Kit, one of the owners, and he told us all about the amazing decor of the wood. It had been salvaged from a church in Surrey. But then he dropped this bombshell. This will be the last weekend. This? Oh. Yeah, I, know, I don't want to tell you because um, the whole block is being renovated. So all our leases are finished. This is it? This is it. Where our last day is on Wednesday. And we've tried to look locally, but nothing's available. So we're heading, we're not sure, it hasn't been signed yet, but we're heading towards... Uh, uh, Liverpool near Liverpool Street, um, London Wall. So we London thought it, London Wall, yeah, yeah. At least it's in London. Yes, absolutely, yeah, Fantastic. yeah, yeah. But you know what? I would, I'd, I'd love to have a coffee somewhere Cornwall, Devon, in tiny little street, selling about ten coffees a day and talking most of the time. Oh. But it's not, you know, financially viable. But we thought we'd go and. Uh, you know, in the city, there's quite quite a lot of coffee shops. It's it's all nobody's like this. Indeed, nobody is like that. A few weeks later, thankfully, they were back up and running at Moorgate with the same decor, not the same mad-shaped room with odd bits leading off to it called the Nook, but with the best combination of coffee and cakes in London. Yes, you bet. <laughs> and we don't say that lightly. <laughs> it's a very serious responsibility to talk about such a thing. <laughs> to celebrate their ongoing success, we asked Kit to choose a song for our show. So normally, you know, in their shop they play a lot of jazz, don't they? Well, I thought he'd want a jazz track. Monk, Miles Davis, something like that. But this is what he came up with.
Wild and Wood, the best coffee shop in London, chose that and he said because it just lifts the spirit, makes you feel alive. So from great coffee to great theatre and great films. But okay, what comes to mind? Great theatre. Gypsy. We went to see Gypsy. Oh, what a wonderful production. <laughs> oh, and that girl, that woman, Staunton, Imelda Staunton, yeah. and everybody in it, and mm. the, the orchestrations mm. and the orchestra and the whole, the whole schmear. It, it, it's very possible to go to the West End and see a good play, but sometimes there's something that's just a cut above, and the difference is phenomenal. Yes. And you're, you, you're right. never going to get these tickets cut price. You've always got to pay for the best stuff. Thanks. Yeah, because word gets out when something's oh, really good. Yes, I know, that is the nuisance of it all. Now, films. So we've seen a few brand new films recently, and one that, I'm not sure if you've made it back to see it a second time, but you keep talking about going back to this one, is Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn is wonderful. Mm. I, I would go and see that two or three times. Yes. Yeah, Brooklyn, yeah, that was a great one. It was really, there's a real warmth to it. Now. Another great film, 
not with that same sort of warmth, but very accomplished, great acting, great direction, Bridge of Spies. Oh, it's terrific. Yes. In fact, those two are my favourites mm. at the moment. Yes. I could go back and see them again. Yes. Several times over. Yes. And also, we went to see The Small World of Sammy Lee. Oh, yes. Which I had never seen before, <laughs> although I knew Tony Newley. Yes, at Tony Newley, yes. Fantastic. Didn't I do a little film with him? You had an appearance in something called Gurney Slade, and you did the voice for a cow. Oh, yes. And it's one of my favourite things by you, which sounds like a backhanded compliment of some sort, but no, it, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, darling. <laughs> Actually, I was going to play something off Gypsy, but I'm, I'm not now. Let, let's cut that and, and let's, let's play a track by Tony Newley. Let's play, and I love this. You introduced me to this. Yes, we have no bananas. Oh, yes, he's lovely. He's lovely. <laughs> yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas. Today we've brought beans like bunions, we got cabbages and onions, and all kinds of fruit, and say we have an old fashioned tomato, a nice Jersey potato. Mm, but yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. There's a fruit store on our street It's run by a Greek <laughs> And he has good things to eat But you should hear him speak When you ask him anything Now he never answers no He just yeses you to death And as he takes your dough He tells you yes We've got no nanas <laughs> We've got no nanas today we got raw beans just like bunions We got cabbages, we got onions And all kinds of goodies, yeah We've got an old fashioned tomato And a nice fat jersey potato uh, But yes, we've got no nanas We've got no nanas today Yes, we've got no great, big, lovely, big, fat bananas today. We've got no nanas today. We got broad beans just like bunions. We got cabbages, we got onions. And three kinds of rhubarb. Oh, yeah. We have an old-fashioned tomato. And a real-life Jersey potato. Yeah, dear, but yes. We've got no nanas. We got broad beans like bunions. We got cabbages and onions. We got pears and cucumbers in unlimited numbers. We've got grapes and tomatoes. We got King Edward potatoes. We've had them since early last May.
Tony Newley, yes, we have no bananas. I recently bought a box set of The Avengers, and you featured in an episode. It starred Patrick McNee and Honor Blackman. Yeah. You hadn't seen it in 50 years? Is it as much? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so last week we sat down and watched it, and here's what you said afterwards. Well, I thought I didn't look too bad. Oh, great. <laughs> but you said to me, oh, oh, I don't know, because there's probably, I, I probably only have one line in it. But that's not the case. No, actually, it was a good part. Yes. But I it was a bit, bit mad, you know, to be this sort of uh, so-called scatty actress mm. and so forth. But uh, no, it was a good part. Mm. But, you know, they provided me with fuck all to wear. Unbelievable. I, I mean, that sort of... sort of satin evening coat had to be split up the back otherwise it would could be worn but you know there was no provision made for if i had to turn my back on the camera right and so forth. i wondered about that and uh, the dress i wore i think was actually terribly attractive mm -hmm. but you should have seen what it was basically like i had to more or less say put this here, do that there, and then sew it up, it'll let it be okay. <laughs> it was of crackers. <laughs> and do you remember in a scene you were locked inside a wooden box? Do you remember being inside that wooden box? Oh yes, I thought it was quite thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this was all done in real time, you must have been in that box for five or ten minutes. I don't think I was in there for very long. Mm -hmm. I, I never felt in any danger. <laughs> you were having too much fun. I thought you had you had some of the best lines, and certainly the best line, I thought. Steed says, would you like a drink? And you say, oh, not before sundown. Of course, you could draw the curtains. <laughs> did I say <laughs> yes, that? Yes. I didn't hear it. It was muddy, but I did catch that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great to see that again. It's really enjoyable. <laughs> It was hard to understand some of the dialogue, it was quite muddy, but the images, oh, it's just oh, beautiful. Oh, yes, beautifully shot. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and that was live. Mm. Marvellous. Yeah, you had to be quick on your feet to do all that stuff. Absolutely. Mm. We mentioned earlier being at the 12-star gallery in Europe House for Andrew Logan's current exhibition. We saw Martin Green there. He's at a lot of Andrew's events, often playing the music, he compiles CDs and he sent me a copy of one that's all about film soundtracks. And we're just going to stick this track in quickly. It's, it's a standout from the disc. It's Juliet Mills and Michael Redgrave. Oh, goodness. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard that. No, it's called No, My Darling Daughter. Daddy, can I? No. Daddy, can't I? No. Daddy, may I? No, my darling daughter. Daddy, can I go to the coffee bar where the boys and the bids and the beatniks are? I promise to be good if you say I could. No, my darling daughter. For in those coffee places, the majority of faces are in dire need of soap and water. So Daddy, who knows best, says to your request, No, my darling daughter. What if I'm at a party? And a boy should pick it up. Are you silly little pup? It's not your handkerchief he's picking up at all. Oh, 
can I go to a jazz club then if I'm home at the stroke of half past ten? If they turn the lights too low, I promise to go slow. No, my darling. But daddy. No, my darling. But daddy. No, my darling daughter. This ghastly noise? Oh, yes, it's fabulous. If a man on a drive in the country says there's no petrol left in the car and he wants to park and talk, you get out of there and walk. It's not the motor car that's stalling, it's the man. The rat. Well, Daddy, can I go to a jazz club then if I'm home at the stroke of half past ten? If they turn the lights too low, I promise to go slow. No, my darling. But no, my darling. Daddy. No, my darling daughter. Daddy, will I ever be a wife if it's no, 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 no all my life? Supposing one fine night I find Mr. Wright. Oh, my darling. Well, Daddy. Oh, oh my darling. Well, Daddy. You'll know, my darling. Oh, yes, my darling. You'll know, my darling daughter. Oh. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> They're so terrific, the pair of them. Absolutely marvellous. It is witty, isn't it? <laughs> so, next year, you're doing some follow-ups to things you've done this year. The Liverpool Homotopia Connection is proving to be very creative. I love it. Mm. So we mentioned they're planning to bring the Jerry Potter Poetry Show to London. So you'll have a week in a venue doing readings there, which is going oh, to lovely. Yeah. And there have been Q&As this year. You did the Cinema Museum in Elephant and Castle. It was such a success. You'll be back there on March the 19th, and I'll be hosting that one. Our trip to Newcastle was such fun. Yeah. We'll probably do a few more of those out-of-town ones. Get out of London, change of scene, focus on doing that. That'll be fun. Absolutely. So, we're at the end. So we're going to say a Merry Christmas, a fond farewell, and a toast to 2016. If you'd like to hear any of our previous shows, go to Vanella's website, vanillafielding.com and there are some links there but now we'll just say Merry Christmas Oh Merry Christmas mm. and Happy New happy Year, New Year.